pressure from Thomas off the edge. Eli Manning airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. Oh my God. This ball's thrown and Tyree just goes up for it like a basketball player. Harrison trying to knock it down. That's a great catch by David Tyree. And welcome to Catch the Moment Podcast. It's your host, David Tyree. Locking back in for another episode. This is where you come to get these gems. I'm going to get you everything you need to go. Get you on the journey, the process, the pain points. This is where we peel it back. Get you on your road to success. Today I'm here with a new friend. Jersey is in the building as always, man. Miles Hartford, free agent, current player, International Football League. What's good, family? Nothing. Everything's good, man. Solid? Yeah, solid. So we here, we here in Hoboken today. You ever been to Hoboken? So I passed through Hoboken, you know, you, you see everybody talking about the, the downtown area of Hoboken where you can go after like a game or something like that, uh-huh. but me, I stick to <laughs> I stick to the Jersey City, Elizabeth area, don't really mess with too much Bro, of Hoboken. Bro, it's, it's crazy getting in here, you know, just the, the traffic, the, back, just the streets, you got to find your parking. <laughs> These streets are how you stress, okay? These streets are how you stress for real, man. For sure. But it's, it's a pleasure to, um, to finally... Just, just connect, man. But obviously, you know, you were a peculiar athlete, man. Uh, I, we have a mutual acquaintance. Um, your manager, uh, Michael Seabrook, love what he's doing and love your relationship and how it cultivated. But before I get into, you know, what I really love about some of your journey right now as a professional athlete, I'm OG on the scene. You got to tell me, where were you? First time you ever saw the helmet catch? Any memories? What you got from me? So the first time I, when I when I saw the helmet catch, I was probably what year was that? That was oh eight, oh, oh eight, fifteen. <laughs> oh eight, I was in what fourth grade, maybe yeah. maybe fourth grade. Um, but I remember just seeing the game and watching the whole like the journey of like Eli coming out of the, the tackle and all Crazy. this, and then just throwing it up, and we're like. No way, this is gonna get to be a catch. And you just come down and it's like stuck on the helmet. We're like, no way, no way. And as a as a kid that age, you know, the Giants was my second favorite team at the time. Baltimore Ravens was number one. Ravens, okay. Then then the Giants. But my whole family's a Giants fan. Okay, okay. So I was so over you, you was the against house. the grain. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's oh, my dad. My dad's a Cowboys fan. My parent, my mom, sister, everybody's a Giants fan. But just watching that, and you see that, and then you know. There's not many more catches that can get better than that, especially at that moment. No, no, definitely not. I mean, I, that's gonna be that's gonna be a conversation for a whole other pod where we just you know, because everybody you know everybody get on social media. What's the best catch ever? All this other stuff. That's my number one. You, you got it hands down. <laughs> respect, with me. respect, respect, man. Tell me a little bit of background though. So obviously you're actually from Jersey. Yep. You know I'm always on my pod having fun talking about Jersey. People don't understand. They don't understand the environment here completely. We don't get you know we get the we get the step cousin treatment to New York City. Exactly. And they don't understand the pedigree that's going on in the Garden State. Yep. That's why I'm always bigging up Jersey. So talk about some of your background growing up and eventually how you kind of what, what gravitated you toward the sport of football and how things materialized. So where you from and yeah. you know, a little bit of those fun. So events. family's mostly from East Orange, New Jersey. Uh, <laughs> Let's go as county. You know what I'm saying? They still live in the same grandma's old house, all that stuff. Um, 19th, 19th Street? North 19th Big Street. Big shout uh, Springdale. Yep. And then we moved to Saraville, New Jersey when I was in like second grade. Yeah. Um, me, my sister, and my, my parents, Wander and Daryl. 
Um, my mom's a school teacher. My dad works at NYU. So working class, working class, just yeah. wanted to give us a better life and what Absolutely. they have. Um, so moving to Saraville, went through elementary school, upper elementary school, middle schools, was a three-sport athlete, ran track, winter, uh, spring, played basketball, played football. Okay. Um, growing up, I thought I was going to be a track guy. Uh, my sister. What was, was your, a, what was your races? So I was a triple jumper. I won. I actually Ooh, won. I won man. nationals my senior year. Uh, Say word. Yeah. So you had the bunnies. Yeah. Bing, yeah. bing, bing. Yeah. So I was a triple jumper, <laughs> high jumper, long jumper. Just thought that was you know it was something that I can do without having to worry about somebody else. And big facts. That's kind of the beauty of track. That's actually my second. That's that's my that's my that's my side chick track. <laughs> you know, football kind of. You know, I played it all my life. Played okay. it since I was five years old. But you know. Every year, I was that crybaby kid, not going to lie. I was that kid that would get hit, yeah. hit down, and then be like, is, my parents like, is he going to get up? Is he going to get up? This is, and this I'd be is crying. Dope. This is dope to it, hear, bro, because you don't hear nobody actually tell it, that story. It is what it story. is. It is what it, it is. It is a violence. But my, this, is my son's actually, this year is actually my son's first year playing football, yeah. and I got one who got, got the right energy, and I got another one who's terrified. Hey man, it takes a couple years yeah. to get that coward out. It it it's, took me a while. It, listen, it takes it takes yeah. a while. When did you like like nah man I'm about this life? When was yeah. the turning point for you? Because that's real. Freshman year, I played two games on freshman, two uh, scrimmages on freshman. After that, they moved me up to varsity. Oh. And then me and my dad and my uncle, my uncle Darrell, there he was one of my coaches from Pop Warner. And yeah. He was one of that tried to instill, yo, you got to get up after you get hit. And I'm like, man, these don't hurt. Like, <laughs> you, you're telling me you go get hit out there. But big fact. I just um, so freshman year played mostly defense, so I didn't get hit as much. Yeah. Sophomore year, Piscataway game, our biggest rival in Saraville was Piscataway. Yeah. Every year it was Saraville and Piscataway. Who's gonna win this game? Saraville and Piscataway. I actually was running the ball on the sideline. Nadir Barnwell, who actually went to Rutgers, hit me clean out of clean out of bounds. Uh. Sophomore year. And I'm thinking to myself, all I can remember was my uncle and my dad's voice saying, you got to get up. You got to show them, like, you're not the crybaby. Yeah. I popped up. I'm hurting, but I popped up. Quick. <laughs> I'm like, ah. Well, I'm feeling it. And I just went back in the game. So it took about till from early on, early on, Pop Warner to sophomore year to really, like, oh, just getting hit is going to hurt for maybe a play or two. Yeah. You can withstand. Some, sometimes. Sometimes you got to. If you're hurt, you're hurt. Yeah. You Nicks and bruises are going to come in football. Man, listen, the, what you learn on the field is, is what you find out is true in life. Right? Pain is a part of the process that yep. delivers you to your purpose. Right? I, I, I kind of line up all my stuff, but I'm telling you, you're talking about becoming a man. You're an adult. Obviously, you've you know successful um, start to your career in the National Football League. But people don't recognize that's the callus that has to develop to become secure. It's like, there's a heart under here. There's a bleeding heart. We yep. all got hearts. But as a man, you have to be respectfully hardened to an extent yep. to actually survive the ebbs and flows of life. And I, there's nothing like our game that really positions you for it, man. So who would you, you know, like you mentioned, obviously, a couple of people. But who were some of the formative, you know, um, people in your life, right? Just cultivating, becoming a man of character, a man of discipline, what it takes to be successful in anything. Who were some of the people that you felt like really put you on the right pathway, gave you the gave you the insight, gave you the game, or you know just facilitated a lot of your growth? Well, definitely my dad. My dad, big respect. Just 
the fact that for this is his twenty second year going to NYU and he Man. travels on the train What's every he day. Teach? He's actually the media manager for NYU, so he handles all Dude. like the projectors and all that stuff, making sure everything runs right for the teacher. So he's the big support system. Yeah, at the school. and just big respect. Yeah, pops. just just seeing him grind every day and never complain and never just like see us. You know, there's definitely times I I. Like now, as as I got older, I can tell there was times where he was just like sucking it up. Like I got people, I gotta you know, yeah. I gotta eat at the end of the day. So just yeah. seeing that now is like I respect him so much more because he never complained. He was at every football game, every basketball game, every track meet, making sure he left New York early if he had to go in early. Um, so definitely him. My uncle, like I said, he instilled a lot of like hardship. And my dad's kind of the nice guy. Yeah. But my uncle on the field was like, yo. You better go score this touchdown. Or you got you got 50 put, you know, doing things like that that was like, I'm going to go score this touchdown because I don't want to deal with you. Uh, but it was always, it, them two were really big in my life. And then my dad's the youngest of nine. So yeah. His whole family, my mom, she's the rock. She's she's the one that holds it down. She's the one that holds us all together. She literally, I don't think I'd be able to do anything today if yeah. it wasn't for my mom because she, you know, I have, a, I have a learning disability. So she became a teacher because oh, of my learning disability. Wow. So it's uh, truly a family net. Like, I'm the baby, so, like, yeah. everybody's just, like, really just... So they rallied, the, rallied around. It's great to hear you actually have the gratitude. Like, like we're, everybody has a different family, different experience, but gratitude is really the foundation that allows us to really flourish, right? And it's like, when you can start valuing and appreciating people, then that's the foundation to build on. So what kind of learning disability did you have, you know, growing up and... Obviously, mom and your family is a big part of that construct. But what did you, you know, like, how was that process for you from a confidence standpoint? And, how, you know, what were some of the hacks, cheat codes that's allowed you yeah. to find success um, in, in so many areas? Because we're going to talk about some of what you're doing. Off definitely. My learning disability, I had um, an IEP. So it's basically like helping me in classes. So I always had the second teacher. Something I had to get over. Sure. Because all my friends would be like, oh, that kid has a second teacher in the classroom. But did they know I had it also? Because I, I was a star athlete. I was doing everything on the field. They thought I was just one of the other kids. I tried to make it that way. Yeah. But when they started finding out, I kind of was on that page where, like, they would say things, and I'd be like, oh, it is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah. Like, I would lose confidence, like, can I really do this classwork stuff? Can I really do this without this second teacher? Yeah. Um, and then it took until, like, fifth grade. Uh, I think it was, yeah, fifth grade, my mom became, like, a substitute teacher in my school. Yes. She went and got her did she did all that um, you know at first she was a she went to school for finance at East um, school in Massachusetts nice. so she went to school for that but then seeing how struggle I was in school so yeah. she went and got her teacher certification and all that oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah so I they, love it. they they truly pour into us me and my sister so my IP was extra time on tests because I had a concentration component where I couldn't concentrate on tests or quizzes and True. stuff like that um, some of my teachers would literally have to take me out of the classroom wow. and like walk me through the through the school just so I can take a test or stuff like that. I knew the I knew what I was doing. It was just like the concentration standpoint was like Yeah. Uh, and I just and scramble. Just yeah, everything would just scramble in my head like, what is going on? Mm. Um actually it took me all all the way up until college to really learn how to sound out words. Man, bro, I'm so proud of you, man. You know, it's so great because this is the stuff that people need to hear, right? Parents actually need to hear this. I'm gonna tell you what, you you will go through some stuff with some kids and Maybe even potentially for years before you actually find out that there's really a real issue. Yeah. And the kind of compassion that you have to have and as well as the understanding. But amazing example of parents that were not only could see it, 
um, but make the necessary sacrifice so that you can flourish. I can see such a beautiful combination of adversity, but as well as care and support in some of your journey. But at what point did you realize, whether it was sport, that you had a vision for your life and, and, and allowing maybe, okay, I think I got something here with this football thing. And did you start seeing a vision for yourself, you know, through the game of football? And how did that materialize, you know, as you moved to a college? So I would say it took me to about junior year to really realize, okay, of high school that, mm-hmm. okay, I could definitely go to college. Yeah. And we'll see from there. Um, my junior year was probably my best year of college. I mean, of, of high school. What position you played in high school? So I was a running back in safety. So okay. I was just towing the pill, just outrunning everybody. I was faster than everybody. Right, I knew right. in college I was never going to play running back because I just – I don't know. It's just, you know, the speed catches up. I wasn't a guy who was going to read this whole jump cut, get into this hole. Yeah, you know, but with you, all was, that. you was killing high school. Yeah, I knew I had the athleticism to play to the next level. No doubt. Um, so junior year, I knew I could play in college. Yeah. Then my freshman year, I became a freshman All-American at Ole Miss. Um, went there, started all four years, and then it took to my junior year to really, again, another junior year, to really realize, okay, the next level is really – I can see it. Like, I see these – these NFL coaches coming in, yeah. I, they want to talk to my coach. My coach is giving the feedback, like, what I should be doing, what, I, like, what they're looking at and all this yeah. stuff. And, you know, again, you know, being on the um, watch list for the senior bowls and all this stuff. It's crazy. You start to see that stuff, and it's like. Now you said okay. Ole Miss. Oh, yeah. Hottie Toddy. How did you choose Ole Miss coming from Jersey? Hottie Toddy. Bro, <laughs> that is a rare. You don't, you don't yeah. see too many Jersey recruits. We actually just had two that just went down to Jersey from Irvington and Bergen Catholic, but they end up leaving one. They're both at Ohio State now. Gotcha. So, you know, the Mississippi ain't for everybody. <laughs> it is, the, the deep south is different than going to Virginia, Way going different. to North Carolina. When you go to Alabama, Mississippi, Tennessee, yeah. you're seeing a different life. It's a whole different Again, life. A different My son life. jumped in the Air Force. He was over there in Biloxi, so we got down oh, there for okay. a quick minute. But um, even that's like just – the pace of life is crazy when you spend a few hours yeah. in, a, in, a, in a city and environment. Like, oh, okay, yo, yo, y'all different now. <laughs> <laughs> but these good experience for you though. Oh, it was it was an eye opener. I would say. Yeah, um, you get to see best they, and worst part of your experience. Okay. In, in, in Mississippi. We'll go with we'll go with best first. The best was just you know playing in the SEC, Big Be- facts. becoming a. I'm a part of Omega Sci Fi, so becoming a Q. My dad's a Q. You got you got Fo- a Q. Fo- follow following my dad's footsteps to becoming a Q. Yo, wow. Uh, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was definitely a great experience. Just but the best experience was definitely just seeing life in a different picture. You know, okay. in the east, in the northeast, is kind of like fast paced. You're going here, you're going there, you're going there. Where in the south is like, you're holding the door open for somebody five minutes walking. You're you're going to see family. Your family is a big component down there. You're going yeah. to church every Sunday. Things are closed on Sundays because it's the church bell. Like you're, you're seeing different things and that I would have never been exposed to if I didn't go down there. Yeah. Um, so, but the worst thing is, you know, there is, you know, anywhere there's racism. But sure. down there it's, it's different. It's different. Yeah. It's different because they'll smile. They'll say it to your face. They ain't scared to like tell you like you don't belong here. Like, you just here. You just here to play football. Like keep it pushing. But it's. But then it's not everybody. So you can't. You can't. Nah, nah. You, absolutely it's just like not. in anything, you can't take it as every person in here is racist. You got to take it. Yes. Every person. You know, give everybody the benefit of the doubt at the end of the day. Yeah, man. I, it's great that you have that perspective. I know it's a, it's been a volatile. Um, reality that we've experienced over the last three years and and um, although the waters are calming a little bit it's like we're feeding into something that's not quite what it is racism exists in measure yeah and I think that's even how it is in many of the 
racist states, the majority of people have progressed beyond it, but there are racists. Yeah. And when you encounter one, I think you have to drill with the one that you yeah, encounter. Yeah, just the one. Don't put them all in a bucket and say, oh, yeah. no, nah, it's not that. Cause it's typically it's, not that. It's not that. Yeah, yeah, man. But it's, I can imagine it. And, and, and I, I told my son, like, obviously, you know, he's, he's 21 years old now. I'm like, boy, you about as black. My son, you know, he, he, he darker than me. I'm like, <laughs> hey, boy, hey, stay on base. Right. Hey, right. Well, well, I, I ain't down there. You, you know, that's, that's, that's my firstborn. So until you know, you know, respect the limits and respect the boundaries exactly. of people's, you know, experience. Yeah. But, you know, and then eventually you do know. Then you settle in. You figure out what's safe and, you know, how to be friendly. End of the day, you know, as a, as a man, I go go home to your family. Exactly. You know, so um, super dope, man. So so obviously, you 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 end up being a free agent in the National Football League, I believe, and you've had a successful um, entry. Right now, you're actually a free agent. I know you're the 49ers in camp this yep. year. Yep. So tell me about the the process for you preparing for the draft, highs and lows, and you know what did you learn about yourself? Because obviously, there's there's nothing that really came easy for you. Obviously, you played in the SEC, which is elite competition. But, you know, like, what did you learn about yourself through that process? And how did you pave your, a way for yourself in the National Football League? We're going to talk about the mentality because I'm a six-round dude. I'm a special yeah. teamer. Yeah. This is what I live. Get, get it out the mud. <laughs> I, I lived it. So, and I'm still living it as an entrepreneur. So talk to me about your mentality, what you felt like made you wired to find that success as you were preparing for the draft? The draft was kind of weird my year because I was COVID. Ooh. So I was the COVID year. So <laughs> it was kind of weird also because my last game of my senior year, I broke four ribs. So I didn't go to a senior bowl. I couldn't go to – I couldn't – I didn't go to any senior bowls. Um, Did you get any invites? So I got invite to – no, it was the East-West. Okay. And the, um, the gridiron one. Gotcha. So I got invited to those – but I couldn't go. Couldn't I, go. I had broken ribs. I ain't no invites. I ain't getting holler at me. Yeah. Nah. So <laughs> you couldn't go to those. Um, then after that, I thought I was going to get invited to the combine. Didn't get invited to the combine. So I'm training all this time. I'm right here in Jersey at Test uh, Football Academy in Martinsville. Okay. Uh, up there, up North Jersey. Um, training there, working out, putting up great numbers, all this and that. Didn't get invited to the combine. was kind of upset about that, but I was like, yeah. you got to keep pushing. Two weeks later, COVID hits. So I'm like, I done paid my parents, and then my agent paid for some of it. But then we had to catch, we had to pay yeah, for the rest because yeah. I wasn't going to be a drafted guy. You know, agents are, it's an investment for them too. So sure, sure. My parent, we had to pay for the rest. So I'm like, every now all these all these different things keep happening. So COVID happens. My my pro day. So I went to Mama's pro day on like a Monday. My pro day. I was supposed to leave on Wednesday for my pro day on Saturday. Okay. Everybody, all the coaches are like, yeah, we're getting off the road. They're telling us to come back home. Uh, pro days are done. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, no way. Oh, I'm literally crazy. supposed to leave for my pro day on that Saturday. And they tell us Monday, everything getting shut hey, down, this yeah. and that. Good thing, Tess had a lot of connections with, like, the Giants and Jets. So we had, like, a, like a pro day at their facility, which they recorded, did all that. So I was able to get my numbers out to people. My gotcha. agent was able to. What did you end up doing? 40. So 40, I ended up running 436. <laughs> yeah. They play Yeah. Yay. I end up end up having a, a good pro well that pro day that yeah. I count as my pro day. It is what it is. So I did like four three six, had thirty nine inch vert, uh, like four oh six in the in the shuttle. I was I was killing it. I was like and I ran back to back four three six. So it wasn't like a four three six or four. four. Nah, it was like four three six, four three seven. Legit. Yeah, yeah. Boy, I, got I got I got the I got the I could I could spin a little bit. I could, was, ah, I could get up out of there. You got them schools. 
<laughs> but it, it, it was tough, you know. Yeah, that's COVID, definitely tough. COVID happened, and then the draft comes around, and I'm like, I didn't get to perform in front of coaches. I didn't get to do none of this. I knew the draft wasn't probably going to be my thing. My agent was real with me. He wasn't one of those agents that was like, oh, we, I'm getting calls. You're going to be in the fifth round. He was like, I'm going to be real with you. It's either going to be sixth, seventh, or undrafted, yeah. but you'll probably get a shot somewhere. To this day, I will always, you know, Thank my parents for always instilling me treat people how you want to be treated because it came oh, to, it bro. came to help me out later on. Yeah. So in the draft, I go through the draft. You know, teams start calling the undrafted people around six and seven, saying like, "If you don't get drafted, we'll pick you up in the undrafted." Boom, boom, boom. Start doing all that stuff. So that happens, and I get a call from a familiar number. So it's actually the Carolina's DB coach who was actually Temple's DB coach when I was getting recruited in high school. Ah, there it is. So Coach Rule, <laughs> Coach Rule, yeah. was. My uh, my second offer in high school, and, but he recruited me at running back. So nice. I was like, I can play DB coach. I can do whatever. So he's like, come out here, we'll give you a shot. Boom, boom, boom. You know, you'll be fair chances. All this. So that's why I ended up going to Carolina. I had a couple teams call and offer, but yeah. I was like, I just want to go somewhere where I know I can get a shot. Yeah. I, just need, I just need to be on the field, and not one of those dudes who's just a camp body. You know, as you go in the league. You see, like, there's people there just for camp bodies. It's pretty tough. It's pretty tough. Listen, that COVID year was a doozy. I, oh, I, yeah. Like, I was, I was, that was actually a year, my last year with the Giants in okay. the front office. I had my own set of drama going on <laughs> where, where um, you know, things weren't, situation wasn't well when, when uh, Gettleman and some of his cronies came in. But, um, you know, Gettleman kind of got ousted from yeah. Carolina himself. But how was that for you, like, man, like, was was there any fear mechanisms, man? Were you just confident, like, man, if I just get in there, I'm locked in? You know, what's the family like? And how did you anchor down? And ultimately, you know, did, did you make the roster immediately or were you a practice squad guy? So I made the roster immediately. I was on the 53. Yeah. So really when I went in, I was young. So I was like, uh, I'm in the league. I, I, like, I'm thinking <laughs> I, I made it. Like, I'm like, bro. I'm a free agent. I'm a, I made it on the team. And then you start to, uh, you know, your older guys start telling you, like, you better put that work in because – this goes from 90 to 53. I was like, Real quick, dang. Bro. So, you know, after that, you know, um, I really dialed in on special teams. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to fly down every rep because we didn't have any, we didn't have any um, preseason about. games that year either. So it was all scrimmages. So, like, I'm, I'm beating everybody in every drill. I ain't care. Oh. I'm like, I don't care if I'm dead tired. I'm going to win every drill. And then, so I, I really spent my time a lot with the special teams coordinator, making sure that he knew my name. I knew, like, I wasn't going to play. I wasn't going to be a starter. I probably wasn't going to be the second backup. Mm -hmm. Prior to third, maybe. So I'm like, I got to make sure that the special teams coach knows my name and I pop out to him every time I play. This is big. Like, and this is literally my, the game that I'm giving the players throughout, the, you know, throughout my role in the National Football League. I believe you might have had Mark Carrier in there over yeah. at Carolina. Yeah. So, yeah. And at the end of the day, the best ability is availability. So your health and you being available for a role that needs to be filled. Yep. And special teams, that's it. There are no backups in the league. Right. Either a starter or you're a starter on special teams. Exactly. Right. People don't understand <laughs> that. Like, I'm not a starter, but I play every down on special teams. Yeah, that's the mindset. But at the end of the day, playmakers stick out. Exactly. Right. So, you know, did you, did you feel like there was a time where you just knew I, like, I'm locked in, and at, at what point did you, of course, number one, that validation of you made this team, yeah. not, not, not having to pack that playbook is a good fit. Right. So, you know, at what point did you feel like, I'm here, I'm settled, I'm confident, I can do this? It actually happened in, pre in like, our camp area, yeah. camp, camp time. When Coach Rule, so we were, you know, it's a 
it's COVID, so you couldn't bring players in and out. Yeah. So I was playing defense, playing special teams. They they talked to me after one practice because again, Coach Rule recruited me at running back. Yeah. He's like, oh, come on after practice, come do some running back drills. Uh, I'm over there, like I'm back in high school. Bah. Uh, uh, <laughs> right. So then the next scrimmage. I have a different jersey on than everybody. So I have a yellow jersey on, and I'm going both ways. Yeah. Teddy Bridgewater's our quarterback. I'm the second string safety, coming in at the second string safety. I end up picking Teddy off that, that scrimmage. Let's go. I end up picking Teddy off, and then I end up scoring two touchdowns at running back. And from then on, I was like, I think I done submitted my name. As yeah. So then it went on. The season starts. Um, strictly special teams. Kickoff. Sure. All that become – I was up for our team's Pro Bowl on special teams. I was killing right. it. I was like – I totally dialed in. And I was on scout team, and I took, a like, a initiative. Like, I talked to some of my older teammates. I was like, how do you get better when you're not out there on the field on Sundays? Yeah. They were like, scout team, make the best of it. So I was at safety, but I knew I could play nickel. So I ended up just playing nickel at – during our scout team, and I'm just guarding our wide receivers, giving them the best look. You know, they're telling me how they want to be guarded, and I'm like, I got you. Boom, boom, mm-hmm. doing what I can do to help them. Yeah. It comes to our, our week against Green Bay, and our co- my coach coming in was like, we had a, another nickel there. He was like, he's going to play in the red zone. You're playing every other down. I'm like, I'm like, wait, hold on. I ain't play like I'm. I'm good enough. I know I'm good enough. Yeah. But you telling me against Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers on the other side. So I went out there. And my first play, I'm, like, about to blitz. And all he says is, 33 is not coming. I'm like, how you know I ain't coming? And I didn't go. I was like, all right, this guy <laughs> really watches film. So that was my first, really my first start at nickel. I had, like, Man. two, two pass, pass deflections, had, like, six tackles. Nice. I was doing, I had a really good game. Stuff in that stat sheet. Yeah, then every game after that, I started at nickel. And the rest is history. It was impressive to me because, you know, not only, you know, where you're finding ways to, to contribute. Because to me, this is what translates into success in life is when you be able to see an opportunity and understand that you could have value. The greatest thing that you can do is find a way to contribute. Yep. You know, it's not just in the game of football. It's in, with, within any particular team. And where many of us, we, we see people fall, fall away all the time. The teams is that everybody wants it their way. Exactly. Everybody wants it at their time. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants it on their terms. And ultimately... We, none of us call all of our own shots. You right. can only right, control right. the controllables. Exactly. So the part that I really, really love when I kind of I, I start seeing um, uh, Mike on, on, on LinkedIn and he's you know talking about what he's doing with athlete management. I've been a firm believer for over five to eight years just because I've had this professional experience. Some athletes, I think, number one, I think agents provide value in general. But I think more players at this day and age actually need managers or could benefit from having a manager more than an, an agent, agent, especially with marketing agents. Yeah. So it was great to see that you you had somebody that you were partnering with to create a vision for your life on and off the field. Yeah. Talk about the relationship and talk about some of the things that you guys have kind of, you know, you know, just the, the foundation that you're laying in relation to your business, your brand, and how you're maximizing your NFL experience. Seabrook is the dog. He, he, <laughs> he gets everything done from – Making sure I, I have a plan for every year. You know, yeah. we sit down for a good. You know, we have our our, our yearly like basically a yearly meeting or review yeah. of like, what do we want to do on the field? What do we want to do off the field? What do we want to do in the community? What business or do ideas do you have? So he's like taking all this information, then puts it in a PowerPoint for me to actually see visual. Sure. So now I see like, 
Okay, I said this in the AC. My biggest thing, my my quote that I say to myself is, you can't set things in the AC and not perfect them in the heat. So Come just on, just go, just the fact of him doing that and me seeing the visuals is like, all right, now I know what I gotta go attack. I want I wanted to be a, a, a starter. He had his standard. These are, this is what you gotta go do. This is what you set. I became a starter. Mm-hmm. He wanted I wanted to start a gym. He was like, okay, this is what we gotta do. Boom, we gotta we gotta do this. We gotta get this equipment. Yeah. He's helping me with every asset of my life, and it's truly a blessing because. My parents can't do everything. Yeah, my agent, can. my agent has ten other people he has to worry about. But strictly having Mike is like I know I have somebody in my corner that for community, my my endeavors outside of football, my football career, you know, stuff to partner with the team. He's hitting them up. I don't have to. He's making sure Fire. like okay, like in when I was in North Carolina, I partnered with the Boys and Girls Club down there and doing yeah. different things. Mike has set all that up, and I literally had to just show up and have fun with the kids. I tell him I'm, a, I'm passionate about something, and he goes and gets it. So it's truly, I, I truly can say exactly what you said. Agents are good for what they do, but you need someone in your corner that's going to go to bat for you and help you be the best person you can be. It's 100% our you know, responsibility to take advantage of the platform that we have, but there's nothing great that happens by yourself. I don't, you know, like self-made is a thing that's kind of thrown around often, yeah. and I understand <laughs> It's great. We get yeah. everybody got their own version of getting it from the mud. But at the end of the day, is everyone's experiencing adversity, trials, and if you don't have someone that's really committed to helping you execute a vision, mm-hmm. it's gonna be it's gonna be real challenging. It's gonna be, it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be real challenging, man. So, man, just big kudos for the relationship. And I, you know, like I said, it's um, this this is entering your fifth season in the league. This right? is four, four. Yep. And in training camp with the best team in, in the National Football League. The boys this like year. that. <laughs> the boys like that. And, you know, Even in practice. Listen, so talk to me really you know, really quickly. Obviously you 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 definitely been a starter in this league and you weren't you weren't you didn't make that that, that fifty three man roster. Talk to me about that mentality, where you're at right now, because we talk about transition so yeah. much and what you're excited about. Obviously, the season's not over. I can imagine you staying ready, yep. prepare for that call. But just talk to me about the highs and lows, the ebbs and flows, and what's been your lowest moment. Like, and you know, like when you think about low moments internally, you know, internal struggles. What is it that kind of that you ground yourself and find your way out? How yeah. do you persevere against the, the the inner voices, demons, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah. This year was totally different for me. Uh, it's basically like for like. A regular person's perspective. It's like going to a new school and you know nobody. You're trying to find out who the cool kids are, who the jocks are, who the cheerleaders are. So you're trying to find your group of people who you can talk to. And yeah. Being like, being where I was, I wasn't one of those high valued free agents. True. So I was one of like you know the free agents that they valued were they come in, they meet the coaches, they meet these people. I'm on my first day meeting you know the weight room staff and all them getting their names. So it's like I'm not a high valued guy. No. So. It was definitely an experience that I needed to happen because football, football was too easy. Boom. Well, all right, so, yeah, you, you said it. So it was too easy for you up to that extent. Like, yeah. Co- Coach I was Rue. like, I was like, so, and for me, you know, from five to, what, 26, yeah. 25, I was the best. I was one of the best guys. I was, you know, no, I was going to be a freshman starter on varsity. I knew yeah. I was going to be. Uh, a freshman All-American. I knew I knew I can be the best. I knew I, I was number one player coming out of prep school, going into college. So gotcha. I was always one of the best. Then going into Carolina, our our roster wasn't the best. So I knew I had an opportunity to be one of the best yeah. on the team, be a starter, be you know a contributor on the team. Yeah. Then you go to a team like San Fran that's been winning 
year in and year out on, where bro. they got dogs like, <laughs> you, like you, you go to you go to practice and you're like <laughs> I don't think anybody from Carolina right now is starting on this team. I'm like, yo, these are some true dogs. And that's not just the fact that I was there. I didn't make the team, so I, I could say so many bad things about them. Yeah. But literally, I could not. Like, the work ethic, well, the day we got there, you know, OTAs and, you know, phase three and all that stuff has kind of changed since probably you were in the league where you guys oh, were we, getting after from day one, where oh, now it's like people aren't showing up. Yeah. That team was together, other than Bosa, you know, with yeah, his yeah, contract stuff. Contract. But – the core of the team was together in the work ethic. I'm like, and OTAs, I'm like, I better be ready for training camp. This is how they in OTAs. Like, I'm talking about coach didn't have I, w- I went there with Steve Wilkes, and he would say the same things in, in, uh, in the meetings. Like, I've never been around a team that works this hard without even having to tell them. There wasn't no coaches telling us, run to the ball. It was Fred, like, I'm beating all y'all to the ball. Whoever beat me, we could do something about it. I bet you won't beat me two times in a row. Like Greenlaw, <laughs> like the the sense of urgency they have was was crazy. So just mm. seeing that, yeah. And, was, and at that point, I was not. A, I was like I said, I wasn't priority. Yeah. So I was running with the twos and the threes as a sure. veteran guy helping those guys out. Yeah. Um, and it was an eye opener, man. Just mm. seeing the work ethic and That's so what real. it what it takes from a winning team, a team that what is five and zero right now, just yeah. beat the beat ba- the brakes off the Cowboys. Cowboys. Like you can tell that wasn't made just. In those practices they had before, mm. those, that's made in training camp, OTAs, on, the, the work ethic. So I can say, I'm nothing but blessed to have the opportunity to get cut by them. Yeah, truly. And hey, listen, man, it's, it's, bro, I love your heart, man, because we're just usually most athletes aren't honest enough about, you know, what I have never seen this before. Right. I, you know, whether you were ready or prepared or not, good enough. You know what? I, in light of what they had. I can't sit up here. I remember when I got cut the first year, um, you know, I had injuries that I was overcoming, and I got cut from the Giants. I'm like, now that 018 was savages. Yeah. Like, you know, we won the Super Bowl. I got hurt the next year. When I came off of PUP, got a little injury, and they're like, oh, man, how can they cut you the next year? I'm like, it wasn't good enough at it's the, the time. It's the belly of the beast. <laughs> it's the monster. I said, listen, guess what? When you're, when you're not that guy, you have to be overwhelmingly yeah. present. You got to pop like, out. Yeah, man, I'm like, I'm an old, I'm an old Chevy on, on the streets. I'm like, I ain't fuel injected. You out here, you know, you 39 inch vertical. I'm like, nah, I was 30, 30 inch vertical. <laughs> so, but you know what? What gave me the, the ability to have a successful career for, you know, five straight years, go to be an all pro special teams player, this, this and that, was I knew who I was and how to attack the opportunities yeah. that created, you know, that created more opportunities. Like, oh, this dude keep making plays. They will find a way, and I think it's the same way in life. You have to find a way to position yourself to stand out above your peers. And guess what? When the when the pressure is increased, like when you move into Santa Clara, and and, and they got you got to level up your yeah. game yeah. to stand out. When you know what the, the talent is just the talent pool is amazing. Yeah, I gotta be way more intense in my approach prior to getting here. Yeah. And, and that's how you that's how you become an elite performer, man. So super dope, man. Tell me, you know, just last thing, like, you know, you've opened up a gym yep. in Jersey. Um, what are some of the things that you've learned as you've been home grinding here, waiting for that call about yourself? Like just that discovery process. And what are you looking forward to, you know, just kind of continue to grow in, in different areas on and off the field? Yeah, I think um, the biggest thing that I learned is, like, you. a lot of people say it, but 
you don't live it until it's time you're done is that I'm more than just a football player. Yeah, like, yeah. I opened up a business, but football was number one priority. 100%. It, you know, and it should be right now. Yeah it, yeah, it definitely is. But then seeing, like, I, I, I have more impact on, you know, I have young, young athletes that are coming to me asking me questions about, yo, am I at the right school? Okay, let, I'm sitting down with their parents, and they're asking me questions of, I'm 26 years old, and they're asking me life questions. A yeah. mom is asking me life questions. I'm yeah. like, I'm going to answer to the best of my ability, but I can put you in front of the people that, that got the right answers. Man. So, you know, it's been a blessing to actually go through this and go through this process of now it's like a, you got to be ready at all times still. Yeah. But then there's still opportunities to, you know, figure out what's next and figure out and really put a stamp on the gym and, mm -hmm. you know, get the clientele up and, you know, do different things. Like we just had a dance class for the first time. We're doing different things because oh. my other two owners, they also have full job, full time jobs. So the fact that I'm home and I could dial in on I'm there. I'm literally there because I work out there. I live there. I do everything. So it's like my home, basically. It's beautiful. I'm I'm there from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. every day. I feel like, and it's just a it's a it's cool because now I get to implement different things. I get to okay, well, let's try this out because we got time to do it. Yeah. Or I can I can really like hone in on this this operation aspect to make sure if I ever do leave, it's going to be good regardless. So it's been it's been cool. Um, Super dope, man. Doing some other things like we just, me and my cousin just opened up a um, event hall in uh, Metuchen. Dope. Yeah, so we're gonna be doing it's, it's an art gallery, so you'll be able to have Ooh, different things. Okay. Got to get you in there, you know, yeah, see the place right, out you know, when it's done. That's just, I'm so Jersey, like you know, meaning my my heart has always been to align with, um, you know, like it's a it's a peculiar space, but it's so much talent that's come out of the Garden State. And um, we gotta, we just gotta find ways to collaborate more, yeah. you know, from business perspective as well as brand, brand perspective. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm OG Bobby Johnson on the scene now. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm grade up, salt and pepper style. You know, but, yeah. Uh, but you know, even that's that's kind of what we got going on at our store, Tommy's Table. It's, it's, it's really gonna be an ecosystem and an incubator for ideas and collaboration. And, you know, we're gonna be doing events in the evening. We got nice little on the go options. So that's really what it's all about, man. You know, you've. It's, it's great to see a young a young athlete with an amazing story as an overcomer maximize, you know, because none of us know. And, I, and I, you, you still got good football in front of you, praying for those doors to swing wide open. But none of us know when and how that thing will just shift and change. Yeah. I tell people it's not a career. It's an experience. Yeah. It's an yeah. experience, man. And hopefully you can walk away with some career money. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Hopefully, you know. But it's definitely, I, I definitely get what you're saying about the experience because it helps you with life. Yeah. Because it's right. not something like, like I, I try to tell my friends, we're not in a job, it's not a job where you go from making little to a lot. It goes from a lot to a little. To a little, bro. So it's like you got to, in the years that you're there, you got to make the most impact on yourself to make sure the little turns into a lot later. There it is. And... My transition was different. I, didn't, I said, I said, just imagine, you know, you make $100,000, now you get a 90% pay cut. That's kind of like transitioning from the, the National Football yeah. League. It's like, you know, some guys are going to make a million dollars a year, and they might step into a good, solid job, and they're making $100,000. It's a big, right? Big. That's a Massive. You really got to go financial advisor. Yeah, what's my budgeting? We got <laughs> to right. sit down with right. this right now. So I tell people the budget is the most important document. Learning discipline financially yeah. is hard when you have resources, right? It's like, I can afford that. And yeah. it, you ain't going to feel it. And if you learn that on the, on the front end, how to be a little bit more disciplined, how to have a 
how to strategy. Ultimately, your character proves who you are short-term to long-term. So, you know, it's really our person that exposes our flaws, right? And, and none more than ever in this social media digital age where people just, you know, there's so many guys just struggling in public, but guys are figuring this thing out. Yeah. And, I, and I think it's just great. I got to get nosy for a quick minute. Come on, before I let come you on. Know. What's going on in the ladies' life? You good? You dating? You, you um, know, you, you, I'm you good right now. I'm good right now. You we, in these streets? I'm, I'm not in these streets. I'm not in these streets. I'm, I'm, I'm you, ducked you off. What's I'm up? ducked off. I'm <laughs> ducked off. I'm ducked off in, uh, on, the, on the other side of Jersey. You chilling? I'm chilling. All right, that's good. So you ain't you ain't out here slaying. You ain't out here nah, slaying. Nah, we won't, we won't do that. Mama be, be, me better. Be respect. Have have moderation. Yes. I, I like to play around and open up this conversation because, I mean, we are who we are until we change, right? Yeah. I'm a high integrity. I'm a man of God, 100. Mm-hmm. percent I don't shrink back from from my from my story. I always want to create an environment with people because, like, number one, I said the best thing that you can have is a compatible partner. Yeah. Now, obviously, you men are in a position to choose well. Like, you know, you got to choose well, right? And that's the hardest thing to do. You know, these, these chicks is thirst traps out here in the street. God bless y'all. I'm 20 years. I'll be 20 years married next year. I'm like, y'all in bad shape, by the way. So, good, good, good luck. But, you know, I'm always here to serve and help, help people navigate because that's the best decision I ever made was getting married. I was 24 years old, married. And by the grace of God, like, it was God that kind of you know, button me up in a way where I could have a real vision for my life and get my family in order. But you're a dynamic athlete when you focus. Yeah. And I said, you out here in these streets. Oh, oh boy. Yeah, everything gets thrown at you. Like, oh, oh where am I at? Like, is it Tuesday or is it Thursday? What Bro, day is it? <laughs> that's what get folks caught up. We hear Hoboken, they call this one square mile of fun. And I said, that's that's where people are actually losing on the fields because yeah. you're so spread, yeah. chasing these chicks, chasing the you know chasing different forms of the bag. I've, I've seen it firsthand. You, I know you see it. <laughs> it could get dangerous. It could yeah, get, it could get dangerous because you don't you don't realize how far you're in until something happens. Then you're like, oh, maybe I do need to relax and yeah. settle down. But nah, listen. I mean, like I said, it's it's a big decision. And you only want to make it once. So yeah. I totally get that. Just super proud of your journey, man. Just share with the people where they can find you. Um, share, with, share with us gym information and what yeah. we should expect from Miles Hartford moving forward. Well, the gym is Limitless Fitness NJ. Uh, we're located in Sarahville, New Jersey. Um, you know, if, if you got athletes, group classes, weight room classes, uh, physical therapy, all at the gym. Come check us out. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Miles underscore hearts. Um, Hearts Foundation is Hearts with a Z Foundation. Um, pretty much, we got a lot of stuff going on, but especially in October, we got our breast cancer mm-hmm. walk, the 22nd with Middlesex County. So just love giving back. So, you know, come check us out at the gym, also at the foundation. Dude is killing it. This dude is killing it. We talk about a blueprint. Athletes is the blueprint for high-performance success, right? So what we do at DG3 is, you know, we take everything that we've learned, of course, on and off the field, Excellence in life leads to excellence in leadership. That leads to excellence in the marketplace. You know, how you do anything is how you do everything, which is why it's so important that your character can sustain your gifting. Hey, listen, man, and I think, you know, Miles here is one of those examples of how you can be a young man, recognize a unique opportunity in a platform, and seize it for the now and for the later. So I appreciate your contributions. Make sure y'all check out Catch the Morning Podcast. We'll check in with you next week.